All right, everybody ready? We're going to go a little deeper tonight now, all right? And uh, so I want you to really stay with me. And if you don't stay with me tonight, you're liable to, you're liable to lose me tonight, all right? So uh, we want to talk to you about something we've talked to you about many, many times. But uh, boy, the Word of God just never, it's just unexhaustible. And you can talk about, I mean, we could, we could preach about the rapture for years and years and never exhaust it all. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about the subject you see on the screen, the rapture of the church and why it's hardly mentioned in the Old Testament. And so uh, we're going to go a lot of different directions tonight, but let's start in Acts chapter 2. If you, uh, if you found your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter 2. And verse number 14, and the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, uh, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall uh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. And the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you may be seated tonight. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the rapture of the church tonight. We've been in a series on the signs of the times. I went back and checked this week. I can't believe we've been in this since January. And... Uh, and so, uh, but what's, I hope you've learned a little bit. I hope it's been good and hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's challenged you. I'm sure probably it won't be long before we'll be migrating away from this. And I had thought about, uh, really thought about going a different direction tonight, but, uh, but the Lord had really laid this on my heart tonight. This is a little bit more teaching than it is preachy. That's for sure. But, uh, anyway, and we're going to use our Bibles a little bit tonight. So keep your Bibles handy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and uh, ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we thank you for your blessings, as you've done so many times through the years. And I pray that we'll learn something that might help us to be better Christians than we were when we earlier entered this place. Father, I pray that what we say tonight will make sense. Lord, if I just teach something and it doesn't make any sense, then we've, I'm, we've wasted our time maybe. But Lord, we're also reminded that your word never returns void. So I'm going to do my best, Lord. With your help, I'm going to do my best to give your people what you've given me in study. And I pray that it'll make sense, and I pray it'll hit the mark, and I pray that it will glorify the Lord. We failed to mention this, but Lord, would you bless all those that are watching my way of live stream tonight? Many of our church family are no doubt tuned in right now, and we sure love them, and I pray that you'll bless them in a very special way. And so, Lord, help us now, I pray. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. And so if I were to ask tonight, how many of you believe in the rapture of the church? I believe probably 
the overwhelming response would be, absolutely, preacher. We believe in the rapture of the church, and I do, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, but here's my, my question tonight. If, if the rapture of the church is true, and I believe, I believe that it is true, then why is the rapture of the church not mentioned any more than it is in the Old Testament? And so why does it seem, and this is my, my question that we want to try to, to talk about a little bit tonight. Why does it seem that the prophets almost exclusively talked about the second coming of Christ? They talked about the tribulation period. You can find that as we did tonight, as we read the book of Acts, as Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. It seems like that's what he's talking about. They talked about the tribulation period. They often talked about the millennial reign of Christ. But it seems like, there are places, don't get me wrong, but it seems like there's hardly ever a mention of the rapture of the church. So some would be very, be very quick out of the gates and they would say, well, that is evidence that there is no rapture. There's no rapture of the church. Others uh, and some that, that we are even aware of are seeming to move their position on the pre-tribulation rapture. Some names that I could even throw out tonight that some of our folks would know are moving their position on the pre-tribulation rapture. And so some would say, well, it's, it is proof because it's not talked about a lot in the Old Testament. It's proof that the rapture is not going to happen prior to the tribulation, but it's going to happen uh, during the tribulation or even post-tribulation. You say, preacher, do you believe that? And I want to say very quickly, no, I do not. I do not. We hold to the pre-tribulation view at Calvary Baptist Church. But I want to answer that question uh, tonight if I could. So you, you read through the Old Testament and, and you say, Pastor, I, after reading through the Old Testament, I don't find uh, a lot of the prophets talking about the Old Testament or, or talking about the, the rapture of the church. But it's important for us to understand something tonight. That the prophets of the Old Testament often wrote about events related to the nation of Israel. The Old Testament, in a big way, was written to the nation of Israel. Now, and there are some who say, well, let's just get rid of it. Oh, no. Man, we don't want to get rid of the, of the Old Testament. You see, the Old Testament, although in a big way is written to the, to the nation of Israel, is very beneficial to you and is very beneficial to me. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And I, I want to say to those who want to take away our Old Testament, man, leave my Old Testament alone. I, I need my Old Testament. My Old Testament's an illustration of, of New Testament truth. But the Old Testament prophets, now I hope this will help you a little bit tonight, help me. The Old Testament prophets said little about the rapture of the church because to them, the church was a mystery. God had not really opened up their understanding concerning the New Testament church. The New Testament church being mainly made up of Gentiles. And those Old Testament prophets were focused mainly on the Jewish nation. And so because of that, the church, although we understand it now, but the church to them was quite the mystery. 
It's exactly why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 31, when he likens the marital relationship to the relationship that we have with Christ, he said in verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they, shall, they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so for those Old Testament prophets, the church and the rapture of the church, man, that was, a, that was something that was hard for them to grasp. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to, to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. You're in the book of Acts. Just turn right and go just a little ways to the book of Colossians. Now, I want you to really hang with me because we're going to get into some very practical things here in just a moment that will help you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 24. Again, I want you to understand that to these Old Testament prophets like Zephaniah and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, the, the, the idea of the church was something that was quite the mystery to them. Colossians 1, verse number 24. If you found your place, say amen. amen. <clears throat> the Bible says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the what? Which is the, the church, whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now look at verse 26. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known uh, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I want to say tonight, although the prophets did not write much about the rapture of the church, you know what, church, it's, it's, it's just interesting. I don't know if this is going to change your life or not, but it's interesting to understand that the rapture is not and the rapture was not a new concept. And so we talk about the rapture's coming as if it is some kind of a something newfangled, something that, you know what, that's never been thought about. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Old Testament prophets didn't not write about the rapture because they were afraid of it. They, listen, if the Lord, if the Holy Spirit would have told them to write about the rapture, they would have written about it, even if they didn't understand it. You understand there were a lot of things the Old Testament prophets did not understand, and yet they still wrote about. <laughs> and the reason for that is because the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so if the Spirit of God would have moved those Old Testament prophets to write of the, of the church and the rapture, even had they not understood it, they still would have written about it. But the truth of the matter is, they weren't afraid to write about the rapture. They were just writing what the Holy Spirit inspired them to write about. You see, the rapture of the church... It's not some kind of a new thought. In fact, long before the rapture that we're going to go up in takes place, long before that, there are quite a few other raptures that have already happened. Can I show you a few of those raptures tonight, if I could? Again, this is just sort of interesting stuff. How about this? How about the rapture of Enoch? Take your Bibles and turn over to, to Genesis chapter 5. 
I mean, right out of the gate, man, Genesis chapter 5, we already find a rapture taking place. Genesis chapter 5, verse number 21, and listen to what our Bible says, Genesis 5, 21. What a great story this is. The Bible says in verse 21, and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. Genesis 5, 22, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. Look at verse 24. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Brother Mays used to say that Enoch was not an astronaut. He was a was not. He was not for God took him. Now somebody says, well, you know, preacher, what that means is that Enoch died and he went to heaven. That's not what it means. In fact, the Bible is very clear to tell us that is not what it means. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, verse number five, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. In other words, God took him out. And so we see in Genesis chapter five, there's already a rapture of sorts that has taken place. Not only the rapture of Enoch, but how about the rapture of Elijah? Turn over to 2 Kings chapter number 2 tonight. 2 Kings chapter 2 in your Bibles. And look, if you will, please, at verse number, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 2. Look at verse number 11. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 11. The Bible says, and it came to pass as they, talking about Elisha and Elijah, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Now, we talked about this on Countdown to Currents this week, and I honestly believe that's an, that's an angelic entourage that escorted Elijah the prophet into glory, but however you want to decipher that, you know what? God raptured Elijah out of this world, caught him up by a whirlwind into heaven. And so we see the rapture is not a new concept. It's not a new, not a new thought. The rapture of Enoch, the rapture of Elijah. How about this? How about the rapture of Isaiah? The rapture of Isaiah. Now, we'll do this quickly, but turn over to Isaiah chapter 6 and, and verse number 1. The prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings and twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah said in verse four, And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Then said, I woe is me, for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And so evidently somehow, maybe through revelation, I don't know, but somehow God raptured Isaiah to see the Lord. How about the rapture of Philip? That's a neat story. Acts chapter eight, how many remember that story? The Bible says that Philip was... Uh, was in Samaria, and boy, he was preaching, and folks were getting saved, and folks were getting healed, and, and man, it was a great, there was a great move of God going on in Samaria. And the Bible says that God called Philip down to the desert to speak to an Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible tells us this in Acts chapter 8, 
And verse number 39, after Philip has preached Jesus to this Ethiopian eunuch, he's baptized him. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse number 39, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at his Otis. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now you say, preacher, can you explain that? I can't explain it at all. I just know this. It's in the Bible. I believe it. And so evidently God, after Philip has led this Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord, he's preached Jesus to him. He baptizes him. And the Bible says that, that the Spirit of God raptures Philip away and he's found no more. And so again, I'm trying to just point out something to you tonight that the rapture of the church is not some kind of a new concept. How about, to, hey, how about the rapture of the Apostle Paul? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse number 1, 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 1, the Bible says, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory, Paul said. He said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. In verse number 2, he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth, he said. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. So again, again, I want you to understand that the rapture, this, this thought of the rapture of the church, although maybe not, is, not much is said about it in the Old Testament, the rapture of the church is not a new concept. It's mentioned over and over and over again. And so the Old Testament does give the promise of Christ coming. But listen to what I'm about to tell you. But it is the gospel's that begin to unfold the coming of the Lord. So it's easy for us to understand the Gospels. It was a mystery to the Old Testament prophets. They were writing to the Jewish nation. The church was something new, but now, thank God, thank God, we have the Gospels. We have the New Testament. And it's in our, our blessed New Testament that it literally begins to just unfold it. And we begin to see God's perfect plan in the Gospels. So it is in the Gospels that we see Christ's first coming. We hear about the virgin birth. We read about his perfect life. We read about the, the, the ministry of the Lord. We read about his atoning death and his resurrection. We read about his appearances and his ascension. And so it is in the Gospel that we begin to see his second coming. And then it unfolds into two phases. The rapture of the church, which you and I will be involved in. And then his revelation. As he comes to this earth to begin to set up his kingdom and rule and reign for a thousand years. By the way, that is exactly what I just said. The gospels begin to unfold these things. That is exactly, I believe, why 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us that we are no longer needful of revelations and prophecies and tongues. Why? Because we have the only tongue we're ever going to need right here. Somebody says, I just had a revelation. I don't need your revelation. I've got the only revelation I need. The Bible tells us in 
1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 8, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. I don't need a prophet to come on the scene anymore and tell me what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen because God has given me his inspired word. And so thank God it was a mystery to those Old Testament prophets. But as we come to the Gospels, it literally begins to just lay flat and open up and make complete sense. Now let me say a few things about the rapture of the church tonight. Brother Mike prayed this in his prayer the other night and it struck a chord and I wanted to talk about it tonight. How about this? Number one, we notice the coming of Christ at the rapture is imminent. Imminent. He prayed that in his prayer the other night. Somebody says, preacher, imminent. What is imminent? What does imminent mean? Well, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn over to James chapter number five, James chapter number five, and look, if you will, at verse number seven tonight. James chapter five, and look at verse number seven this evening. The Bible says this in James chapter five, verse number seven, be patient therefore brethren under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the earth early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Hey, turn back just to, or I'm sorry, turn forward just a page or two to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7. And notice what our Bible tells us here. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7. The Bible says there, but the end of all things is at what? But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. I'll just read this scripture for you. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. I want you to understand that the rapture of the church is imminent. It's imminent. Now, Imminent, preacher, what does that mean? The word imminent literally means overhanging. Overhanging. When I, when I, I saw that word, I don't even, well, I guess the Lord, you know, I, why would this illustration come to mind? I guess this is the Lord. If we've ever had a big snow here in Union Grove, I mean, it snows several inches. Sometimes, you know what? That snow will pile up on a limb. Or maybe that snow piles up on the roof right outside your door and it's just hanging. And you know that that overhanging snow could fall at any time. If you've ever, after the snow is beginning to melt, the sun comes out, the temperature begins to raise and, and the icicles begin to form. You know what I'm talking about? And those icicles begin to, those long icicles begin to hang over your door and you know what you're thinking? Man, I need to knock those things down because there's no telling when they might fall. That's exactly what the Bible's talking about when it says the rapture is imminent, when it's, it's overhanging. It could happen at any time. And so the rapture of the church is imminent 
But we contrast that to the second coming of Christ in his revelation. And the second coming of Christ in his revelation is accompanied by signs. Before Christ comes in the revelation and begins to set up his kingdom, there are some things that must begin to happen. For instance, and these are just a few, there needs to be seven years of tribulation. How about the reign of the Antichrist? Our Bible is very clear to tell us that the Antichrist is going to set himself up in the temple and, and desire to be word or, or, or order to be worshiped as God. We have the appearing of the two witnesses before or during the tribulation. We have the 144,000 sealed and sent out to preach the gospel. The Bible says the sun will revive. What, what I want you to understand tonight about this, about the rapture is this. The rapture, though, is imminent. We're not looking for a sign to take place before the trumpet sounds. I'm just saying this tonight, church. It could be tonight. You say, preacher, you've been preaching that ever since I've been at Calvary. I know I have, and I'm going to keep on preaching preaching it as long as you're at Calvary, but I'm just telling you, on the day when you think it's not going to happen, guess what? It's going to happen. It's overhanging. It's imminent. May I just ask us this question, are we living like the rapture is imminent? Now, hear me out, church. Come on, hear me out tonight. Don't just let this go in one ear and out the other. Young people, come on, give your preacher your attention tonight. Are you confident that if Jesus Christ came today, that you would be ready to meet him in the air? The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 28, and now little children abide in him. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Are you confident? If Jesus came today, if Jesus came before we ever get to Thursday, if Jesus came before we ever make it home, listen to me now. Are you confident in the imminent return of Jesus Christ? Are you confident? Oh, you say, well, preacher, I'm confident. Are you really? Are you confident in the music that you're listening to? The CD that you have in your CD player. The music that you have on your phone right now. The song that you listen to today, young person. Are you confident that if Jesus Christ came today, that he would be pleased? If you were to meet Jesus Christ in the air, are you confident about the language that you use on a daily basis? The words that you use, the words that come out of your mouth. Are you confident? Are you confident concerning your faithfulness to the house of God? Are you confident concerning your daily walk with the Lord? Are you confident concerning what you're trying to do by way of evangelism and lead people to Jesus Christ? Oh, you say, preacher, I got plenty of time. You don't know that you have plenty of time. That's what I'm saying. The rapture is imminent. It's just hanging over. And boy, tonight could be the night that it breaks loose. By the way, what a perfect time for the Lord to come with all that's going on in our nation. And church, you know what? You can't help but believe that all that's, that's, it's just like one thing after another right now. You can't help but believe that it's the Lord saying, hey, 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 have I got your attention yet? 
I'm giving you one more day. I'm giving you one more opportunity. The rapture of the church is imminent. How about this? Number two, the rapture of the church, the coming of Christ at the rapture is inclusive. Now, what do you mean, pastor? Well, there are some that teach this. There are some that teach the rapture will only be a partial rapture. Some teach that the rapture of the church will only be for those who are obedient and that those who are disobedient will be left behind. You say, Pastor, what do you believe? Well, I believe the Word of God teaches that the rapture of the church will be for all believers. Now, I want you to find your place in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. The Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Look at verse 14. Here it is. Verse 14. For if we are obedient, is that what your Bible says? It's not what it says. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep or those that are die, have died. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I believe this. I believe that when the rapture of the church takes place, it will be an inclusive rapture. And all those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. By the way, regardless of where you are and where your life is right now, you will be raptured out to meet the Lord in the air. By the way, that's exactly why the Word of God challenges us so strongly to make sure that we live a sanctified Christian life. Why? Because it includes everybody. It is little doubt that that's why Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And then Paul said, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the, what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Hey, listen to me, church. You know what? There are some of you here tonight, maybe not you older, older folks. A few of you older folks. But I know there's a lot of younger folks that like to play video games. You play them on your phone or your iPad or whatever it is, your gaming device. And some of you take it pretty seriously. There's a few that take it too seriously. But you know what? Regardless of where you are on that, truth of the matter is, if you spend an hour or two or three on that video game and you lose, you know all you have to do is hit the reset button. In fact, a lot of times when you die or the game finishes a little icon will come up and it will say play again question mark and all you got to do is just hit the button 
and you play again. But I said that to say this. Did you know the Christian life doesn't have a reset button? Somebody said, his life, somebody said that life is the art of drawing without an eraser. I, 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 that's all I'm saying tonight. Hey, church, the rapture's imminent. And when Jesus comes, we don't get a second chance. Man, when the trumpet sounds, somebody says, man, let me hit the reset. There is no reset button, brother. Somebody says, well, I want to play again. You don't play again. We got one chance at doing what we're going to do for Jesus Christ right now. People say, man, that preacher preacher down there at Calvary, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. Listen, you say what you want to say, but I don't have but one opportunity to do what I'm going to do for Jesus Christ. And I don't want to waste my time. C.T. Studd said it like this. Two little lines I heard one day traveling along life's busy way. Bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only when life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. Yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment seat, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a brief few years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. Enjoy or sorrow thy word to keep, faithful and true, whatever the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn. And from the world now let me turn. Living for thee and thee alone. Bringing the pleasure on, my, on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life? Yes, only one. Let me say, thy will be done. Then when at last I hear the call, I know I'll say, "Twas worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Hey, you know what, Calvary? We don't have any time to waste. The rapture of the church is imminent. The rapture of the church is inclusive. Let's bring this thing to a close. We're out of time tonight. How about this? Last of all, and I'm done tonight. The coming of Christ at the rapture is introduced before the tribulation. Now, let me, let me end on this, but, and I'll just, give, just pay tribute to this, and we're going to pray. You know what? I've always wondered why. Why would the Lord call away the church before the tribulation begins? Think about that. Why? Why would the Lord call away the church 
before the tribulation begins. Why will the church miss a large part of the suffering of the tribulation? We're not any better than anybody. In some respects, the church hasn't been as faithful as it ought to be and deserves probably some persecution. Then why would God rapture us out prior to the tribulation? And so, and by the way, he is. I'm not even gonna tell you I understand all of that, but before the tribulation begins to unfold, thank God we will be raptured out. Before you get too proud, and say, wow, we must really be something. That's why God's going to call us out. <laughs> well, but, and you are special. Don't get me wrong. You are special. But really, the reason is because the nation of Israel is special. Amen. And that's really probably why God's going to call the church out before the tribulation. God will use the church to provoke Israel to jealousy. Those who do not deserve God's grace will receive it by being called away before the time of terrible tribulation. Lance Clevenger said this, I can't help but think of the rapture. At the rapture event, God will call all believers in Christ, Gentile and Jew, off the earth to himself so they will be with their Lord in heaven in their resurrected bodies. I can't think of a better way to make Israel jealous than for non-believing Jews to see the church taken home to heaven and Israel left holding the bag. Now, regardless of where you stand on that, here's my question. Are you rapture ready? Are you rapture ready? Because it's imminent. Could happen tonight. And if the trumpet of God sounded tonight, hey, young person, hey, teenager, give me your attention just for a minute. Hey, teenager, if the rapture of the church happened tonight, would you be ready? You say, well, pastor, I'm saved. That's wonderful. But are you living for Christ? Only when life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let's bow our heads all over the room today. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I pray that you would Give us a church that is rapture ready. God, help this preacher tonight to be ready for the rapture. God, help us understand that there is no reset. There is no play again. What we're going to do for Jesus Christ, we better do now. Lord, I didn't mean for this to be heavy for a Wednesday night, but but I, I do believe this is the direction that you've led. Father, help us to get serious about living the Christian life. God, would you give us some young people at Calvary that have a heart for the things of God? God, would you give us some folks that have a fire that burns in their soul because they want to see something done for Christ? Lord, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation tonight. Speak to hearts. Lord, help us to be rapture ready tonight. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We sure love you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're going to pause just for a few moments tonight while the pianist plays. 
Listen, the altar's open. If there's a decision that you need to make, I want to encourage you to come right now, all right? Let's stand all over the house tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And let's just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Folks, folks have come. Folks are coming. If you need to come, hey, if you need prayer, we'll be here for you. And so just for a few moments, let's do business with the Lord.